I was informed today that this was my uh, short sermon day because of the, uh, the Christmas uh, music, but I want to tell our worship team that I loved not just the excellence. It's Ben and the worship team, it's always excellent, but I love the simplicity. The church is so enamored with performance and how grandiose you can make it, but when it moves the heart, I believe it reaches the heart of God. And I just appreciate that so much this morning. Yeah, give them a hand. It was just beautiful. I also want to give you a personal invitation to our, our Sunday nights beginning the second week in January at 6 o'clock. And, and if you'll just give me 60 seconds to talk to you about this. For several years now, our church has had a deficit of interest as well as availability for teaching. Uh, I love preaching. I preach to you on Sunday. The motive of preaching on Sunday is to move you. The motive is to stir, to make uncomfortable, to draw, to pull. But it's not the same thing as teaching. It's not the same thing as sitting in a, a seat as a student with your Bible open, your notebook open, and looking at the Word line upon line, precept upon precept, and growing. That's why we have uh, adult Christians who are still babies. They love the Lord, but they have not exercised their soul. They have not rightly divided the Word of truth, and they're not growing. Their, their faith is alive, but their maturity is dwarfed. And I understand the hour we live in. I understand our, our schedules, but I am going to, uh, and I, by no means, please don't think I'm saying I'm a martyr doing this. I'm going to take the time to prepare for a full house. And uh, I want you to make the commitment to be here as you can. The truth is, for all of us, we make time for what is important. And while I'm saying that, we also went through a year Guys, would you turn the feed off for just a moment? You know your pastor loves you very much. On Sunday night, uh, we're still going to need help with our kids, and no one that serves on Sunday morning is allowed to serve. For a couple of years, except for Wednesday, they've not even had an opportunity to go to church. And so what we'll look for is just a lot of volunteers that would only serve like once every month or two. Just one Sunday night, so it'll give them an opportunity. So uh, we're going to piece this together as we uh, can. We're not looking to have a, a big performance. Uh, what I'm looking for on Sunday nights is hunger from you, preparation from me, and growth as a result. Does that sound okay? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for those two. I, I appreciate it. And in the weeks to come, you'll also see some name tags here. And I know most of you are, oh, I don't want to do that. It don't match my clothes. But what I'd like for us to do, because the truth is we see each other, we recognize each other, we know where we sit, we know how many kids you have. And you go, what is his name? Would you just put your first name on the, as you come in, can we do that for like January, February, March? Just your first name. And if you got one of those long names like Lontavius, 
or, you know, Uvalde Umprovich or something like that. Just put Val, you know, just something, just something that you'll recognize. But we want to do that for those that have made Christ Chapel their home and uh, they don't know us. They feel lost in this building. So those of you that don't wear the name tag, I'll pray special blessing upon you in this season. This is one of those Sundays where it's rare for me. I, I don't enjoy this part. I don't choose this part. But I believe after 30 years of preaching, I know his voice. And I had prepared a message for you on the two types of people. Uh, uh, the, the scribes and Pharisees and King Herod that was troubled at the birth of Jesus and the wise men who were pursuing Jesus. They came to Jesus intentional. They came to Jesus prepared. They came to Jesus prayerful and worshipful. And I wanted to speak to you on that subject, and maybe the Lord will allow. But as a pastor, and those of you like Ken and others that are pastors, you know how we prepare and we pray for him to lead us, and then you get to the place and it doesn't fit what the Lord has done already today. And so... Uh, it's not important that I preach what I've prepared. What's important is that I cover what the, that I line up with what the Lord is doing. They say, well, weren't you guided by the Lord yesterday? Well, maybe it was a surprise. Maybe I wasn't supposed to know. But I know this, when it drops in your heart at the last minute, it's pure. It's not mixed with your ideas or uh, added things where you, you might be looking for filler or something. So... I'm going to just pray for myself and you pray for me that that which the Lord dropped in my heart this morning, I will give to you uh, unfiltered and pure and that it would bring forth fruit uh, unto his name. So, Father, first of all, I just, I just love you today. I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life, where you've brought me from, what you've forgiven me of what you've restored unto me. You are my glory, and you're the lifter of my head, and I just give you praise. I thank you. My heart is so full at your richness and your mercy and your grace. If it were not for these mercies, I would be consumed. But you have sought uh, people like me and us, and you have made us objects of your grace, and we are forever grateful. Anoint me this morning, Lord, that I can give this simple message, this simple word, but that it might go like water to the lowest point and find us where we are and we might leave and say with a surety that today I heard the voice of the Lord for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. The birth of Jesus is a common story. We read it to our children we teach it in Sunday schools. We hear it through the month of December. And I want to take one part of it and share what I believe uh, is the Lord's desire for you to hear. When, when Mary and Joseph, when the census came out and they made their way back to uh, their hometown of Bethlehem, the house of bread, so the bread of life coming back to the house of bread to be broken and feeding, the feeding of the multitudes with his life. And they came to town, and there was uh, no room for them in the inn, and they found a stable and a manger, and we know the scene, and we've heard the story. But I want to bring just one simple truth out 
with several little um, um, reflections or uh, uh, bursts of light that come from it. This manger, this, this place where the Christ was born, this, this event when the angels just appeared out of nowhere to the shepherds and they began to cry out, glory to God in the highest and on earth, your earth, peace, goodwill toward men. There was glory there. There was glory in the skies. There was glory uh, in the earth. That was, it was resplendent. It was selective, but it was unmistakable. Man didn't have a role in it. It was, it was almost like heaven couldn't contain itself. And the angels who were already there became visible. And they're singing, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, look what's come. Peace, the prince. Goodwill to men. And for our lives, there's glory today. Even where there's darkness. The world was dark. Jerusalem was dark. King Herod was dark. He was so vile that we read of him butchering the children uh, from two years old under. And a voice was heard in Ramah crying for her children just so there wouldn't be a king to grow up and replace him. The chief priests were dark. The scribes were dark. The Pharisees were dark. The Sadducees were dark. The temple was dark. The streets were dark. The taverns were dark. The shopping places were dark. And there was glory. And it is possible for you to be walking through a season of great darkness and God's glory be there right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. It said that uh, Jesus came into the, the light come into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. And for us, comprehend means understand. No, it meant it couldn't do nothing with it. The darkness was everywhere. And when the sun was born, that light has never went out. We are more clear on how dark the world is than we are how bright the sun is. And the Son of God is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it is possible. See, we get hung up trying to make the darkness light instead of letting the glory shine. I don't have a role in the darkness. I don't have power in the darkness. But I can, through broken vessels, let his glory shine through me and around me. Not only was it darkness, but it was a time of uh, disruption. This king called for a census. And for us, a census is somebody coming to your door and asking you questions or sending you something in the mail. No, this is pick up and go to your hometown. How many of your hometown is within an hour? How many over five hours? Ten hours? Twenty hours? Like airplane, long, yeah. And what if there are no planes and there are no automobiles? You got your donkey. Seriously. You just got cat, uh, Jack Rabbit, Jack Flash. Come on. And you ride him for a month or two to get to wherever you're going, you know. Why does the Bible record these things? It's not just for the historicity of it. It's because there's truth in it. Even when your life is disrupted, 
uninvited disruption, unreasonable disruption. What A census, what in the world? But God was using the census so that he could make sure that Christ was in the place he was supposed to be because God always keeps his word. And he uses disruptions to keep us on track. To keep us on track. You can have disruption and have glory. You can have chaos and have glory. They were lining the streets. They were coming. You know, they're supposed to, when you go shop, Christmas shopping, you're supposed to walk on the right side. These people walk this side. No. The people just, excuse me, excuse and can't, How many miles do you have to walk through people till you realize you're going the wrong way? And if you work in retail or a restaurant, why do you unlock one door? Unlock the other doors. You got four doors and one of them's unlocked. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Just take the time, use the key, unlock the door. So there's chaos. They're, they're, they're bringing their animals, they're bringing their families, and grandma's way back there. They've lost track of her. Everybody's, the streets are full, the, the, the motels are full, the hotels are full. It's just chaos. And your pastor, this is one of his flaws that the Lord is giving him grace to see. That it is not my role to eliminate chaos. It is my role to exemplify and reflect his glory. And even when everything's just, you know, work and family and relatives and Christmas and all this. But if you, if you, if you narrow down your vision... And you look at what this season means and who Christ is. Oh, there's glory in the middle of the chaos. For unto us is born in the city of David a Savior that is Christ, Christ the Lord. Unto us, yeah, you, you and me, the adulterer, the fornicator, the liar, the abuser of ourselves with mankind, the perverted, the, the, the violent, the profane, the rebellious. The backslider unto us, unto the unworthy, was born a Savior because he that is well does not need a physician. It was me and you that needed a physician and me and you that needed a Savior. And he was born because of our need for him. Unto us is born the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. There's glory found in uncomfortableness. I, I'm not, I love outside. I mean, I've got a deck. We built a little uh, floating deck, kind of invisible. We painted it the color of the trim of the house, and there's no rails on it, but you could put 150 people on it. I, I love outside. I don't love camping. With your fire ants and your, your bugs and skeeters. And see, let me just explain something to all y'all little people. Us big people, we can't sleep hot. You think we hate you, and when we open the windows at night, my wife has right now four covers on her side of the bed. I just crack the door right beside the bed. We have a little patio, and I'll crack the window. We can't sleep hot. Can't. Don't. You can put clothes on, but we can't give us so naked. You see? We <laughs> if I'm helping anybody at home, we can't help it. My point is... When you're uncomfortable, it's hard to think of anything else. And when there's no room in the motel, there's no room in the inn, 
and you're sleeping outside with the mules, with the cows, the sheep, the goats, and now that Pastor John and Kelly have a farm, oh, we got most all of them. We got seven cows, four horses, eight guineas, about 30 chickens, four goats, four dogs, a stray cat, multiple birds, and it's wonderful. I love, I love being outside, but when it's time to eat, I want everything turned off. Nobody can bring nothing table, no toys, no phone, no nothing. This is our family time, and when it's time to go to bed, baby, I like, I turn my little sound machine on through my Bluetooth. Uh, if, if any of you have trouble sleeping, download an app called Brown Noise, not White Noise, Brown Noise. It's in like a box fan, and you can turn it through your speaker, and it drowns out all of everything, and just go to sleep. But with kids, Kelly said the other day, she goes, you can't lock the door. I said, if I don't, I don't sleep. Because they'll come, you know, they'll first of all get in your bed at one in the morning with their fanny in your face and their foot. Why they got to put the foot like in your underwear and digging, you know, I just, it's, it's hard when it's uncomfortable to sleep. But listen. God's glory comes to uncomfortable places. And you can have your marriage struggling. You can have your body hurting. You can have relationships strained and your finances tight and experience the glory of the Lord. Because he is with you and he is for you and he is working all things together for his good. I think for some of us, our problem is our expectation. Ben, if you would come, please. And forget that song I told you, because that was part of the sermon. So, give me just a minute more. Uh, I know this is not in the Bible, but it, it's an axiom that would fit some of our lives. Blessed is the man that expects nothing from the Lord, for he shall not be disappointed. And you'll, you'll find what you're looking for. And what we do, and if you have friends like that, I'm, I, I'm sorry, like this, you really need to reshuffle the deck and get some more friends. We don't need anyone in our life to point out, accentuate, or feed or bring to the surface the uncomfortableness, the disruption, uh, the darkness. There's always going to be people that see the dead baby clearer than they see the living Christ. Always. And what I want us to do, what I believe the Lord wanted me to share with you this morning, is you don't have to clean out the barn to see his glory. You don't have to get it lined up. You don't have to be comfortable. You don't have to be where you want to be, how you want to be. And the truth is, we do experience those seasons. Life, though, is static. It's ever moving. We go from comfort to uncomfortable, from enough to not enough, from uh, getting along with our spouse to not getting along with our spouse. It, life is static. And if you will look at this story, and where Christ came and where Christ was born and imagine the light in that place it is the same light that beats in your chest 
Christ in you. The hope, the expectation, the experience, the reiteration of glory, the perpetual residue and appearance of glory in your life. In loneliness, glory. In sorrow, glory. In pain, glory. And disappointment, glory. And blessed is the man that knows how to experience that glory in the worst of places. Anyone can see the glory of the Lord on the mountain. Quick illustration from the Bible. Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible doesn't tell us what the transfigure means, but I believe it means like a, a he was like changing from man to God, man to God. You could see glory pulsing out of him. And there appeared unto him two figures. Who were they? Come on. Moses and Elijah. Okay. One that died, one that didn't die. And they're all three being trans, they're all just, there's glory. And James and John and Peter are on the mountain with him. And they see it and they go, oh, this is most church people. It's good to be here. This is good. And a voice, and then they said, let's build three tabernacles. Let's build three little small houses so we can live in the glory. And a voice from heaven said, shut up. You look at it in the Hebrew or the Greek. Shut up. Be quiet. Stop. Listen to Jesus. And the moment the voice said, listen to Jesus, the other two figures disappeared. And he said, let's go back down the mountain. We had glory. The glory I give you is not to be hoarded on the mountain, but it's to be shared in the valley. Let's go. Let's go. And so we can be like them at work and have glory. We can hurt and have glory. We can be demoted and have glory. We can be misrepresented, maligned, and abused. Because Christ in us is the hope of the world. And he is yours. And you are his. And you cannot be separated from him. You cannot be separated in him, from him. You take a tea bag, you put it in hot water, it becomes tea. You can't take the tea out of the water, and you can't take the water out of the tea. It is tea. Christ is in me and I'm in him and wherever I go there's glory so Father we just sit in your presence today and we take this pray that I shared it as you gave it to me as a word from you that you know our situation you know our disappointments you know our uncomfortableness you know our disruptions you know the darkness you know the opposition you know those that hate us and those that wish us dead. You know the voids, the emptiness, the long travels. You know it all, oh Lord. But there's glory here. There's glory in our home. There's glory in our heart. And there's glory in our future. And we bless you this morning, Lord. We give you our heart. Shine on, King Jesus. Shine on.
may, may today, O oh Lord, we sense warmth on our cheek while the wind blows cold. May we hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the left and right. May that person that felt like they couldn't go another step get home and say, I just feel a little different now. I feel like I got energy. I feel like, we used to sing it, Lord, I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Glory awaits you. He is your glory and the lifter of your head. Would you stand with us this morning? Ben, would you sing that chorus, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, to me? Jesus, Jesus, Lord, to me. family as you go home today and those of you that work this week before Christmas be looking be looking for that feeling that comes from nowhere be listening for that song that sounds just like God singing to you be on the lookout for that card that comes in the mail it might have come from auntie so-and-so but you know that it wasn't her it was the Lord there'll be a phrase in that card that comes to you and the Lord, it's like the Lord in my life, it's like he's, there's a drape. You know how your kids hide behind the drapes and don't think you can see them and their feet are sticking out? Sometimes the Lord will just put his hand through the drape and say, that was me. And you can see it go like this and it's the Lord. Christ in you, there's hope of glory. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.